Welcome to Miracles in Recovery with Ray Lynch. If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch. Good evening and welcome to Miracles in Recovery. Let me put this uh, disclaimer out there first. I have all the little dogs roaming around the studio and I'm in here by myself. They usually all sit in Ellen's lap, so if you hear any barking, it's because Ellen's not here. Hi, Ellen. Hi, Ray. How are you? Good. And you? How's the weather out there? Terrible. Raining and cold. (laughs) How cold? For the foreseeable future. How cold? Uh, It's probably about 50 right now. Oh, <clears throat> I guess I guess you'll adjust to it. Um, I don't like it, but what can you do? No, it is what it is. You're you're in a safe place, and um, you're with your mom. That's right. No, no better place to be. My mother just called me uh, earlier and was. Uh, she told me that she wasn't going to be able to listen because she um, wanted to go to bed. And she wanted to oh make sure goodness. that I knew she wasn't listening. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's you know, it's got to be a you know, a climatic, not climactic, a climatic change for her going from you know moving from Florida back up to Massachusetts. I mean, she's probably, you know, walking around with seven sweaters on. Oh, I bet she is. I am. And I'm not even in Massachusetts. I can't even begin to imagine. You're not, you're not even halfway there. Well, our, our guest uh, said that he was just in Syracuse, so I guess maybe we'll get a weather report from him. Uh, David Essel is a per- personal growth master life coach, professional speaker, radio and TV personality. But most importantly, he's the author of The Real Life Adventures of Catherine Cat Calloway I. Hi, David. How are you? Hey, Ray, Alan, great to be back with you guys. Bet you haven't heard that book name in a while, right? You know, it's so funny. It was was our first kid's book, and uh, I had never had any experience in writing a children's book, and it came out, and the year, I forget how many years ago it came out, but when it came out, we ended up going to 60 elementary schools in 12 months, Um, you know, with, with a promotional campaign all over the country. It was an absolute blast to read that story to to 60 elementary schools. And when we did it, we would go in and we would spend eight hours in an elementary school. We would read the book to the, all the first grade classes combined and the second. And it would be, it would be, it was one of the most fun experiences I've ever had. And it's so funny. You mentioned that book because I haven't thought about it in a long time, actually. Yeah, it was funny. I was looking on, um, I was looking at the the many books that you have written, and a lot of them were, you know, stress-related, life-changing related, uh, love, how to find love type things and what to do with it related. And then I saw Catherine Cat Calloway, and I went, that's a kid's book. And I think that's pretty cool that you you deviated from even your comfort zone and and wrote uh, a children's book. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And, you know, how it came about is that uh, there was I had an assistant, uh, Deborah, a number of years ago, and she had two little kids. And I'm trying to think how old they were at the time. They may have been like, shoot, maybe seven and, and seven and eight or six and seven, something like that. And and she saw how I would interact every time she brought them over to the office. You know, I just I just love I've always loved kids. Right. And she just said, 
to me one day, she goes, you know, you'd be a great children's author. And I looked at her like she was crazy. And she said, think about it. You know, and it was about a year later that I completed the book and, and it was great. And, and, and the whole theme of the book is to learn how to accept others that don't look and or act like we do. And, and it's, it, you know, it's a powerful message for our world today. There is so much divisiveness in the right. United States and across the world. And, of course, kids, you know, we, we all have a tendency to judge harshly those who don't look like us or speak like us. And so that was the whole message of the book, and it got a great response. We have, uh, you know, huge endorsements from Kenny Loggins and Mark Victor Hansen, Wayne Dyer. I mean, we got just massive endorsements from some of the all-stars in the world. So it was a fun experience and, and, uh, and really grateful I had a chance to do it. That's awesome. There's, you know, you speak about uh, the differences and from from a child's eye. Uh, Tim Wakefield was a pitcher for the Boston Red Sox, and he came. He was originally from Melbourne, from up the street, Melbourne, Florida, and he established a school where there were the quote unquote regular kids and also handicapped children um, learning in the same environment, in the same class. So these children ultimately from kindergarten to sixth grade, I think it was before they processed up to, or maybe fifth grade before they processed to middle school, they interacted daily with children who had some form of a handicap. And, you know, that must give those kids that much greater of a benefit to be able to live in society and accept differences around them. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, and, and I know we, you know, we, the, the focus of the show is recovery and we can even look at it in the world of recovery, you know, how harshly we judge people that struggle in recovery. And even, you know, I, I can remember guys, how I even went into treatment myself was that, I was dating a woman who, um, you know, never drank at all. And when I first started date, dating her, she never drank. And, and we were together about six months. And I remember she said to me, she was crying one night, which she never, I'd never seen her have a tear. And she said, I need to talk to you right now. And I said, oh, my God, you know, what did I do now? And we <laughs> go into the living room, sit down. And, of course, I was drinking. And I had had four or five glasses of wine by then. And, and she said, I'm. I'm going to tell you a story and you're going to end the relationship tonight. And I said, Oh my God, what's, what's going on? And, and the story she told me was how she was raised in a household of addicts. She became an addict alcoholic and she's sober. And she was afraid that because I loved to drink wine, she was afraid that when she told me that she would never drink for the rest of her life, that I was going to end it. So here's someone in recovery that was afraid that I was going to judge her because she didn't drink and end the relationship. So, you know, people that stumble and fall and go back off the wagon, you know, they're, they're judged harshly. People that, you know, have been to multiple treatment centers and they still haven't gotten it together. They're often judged, you know, judged very harshly. And so it's, it, it's an epidemic. It's been here since the beginning of time. It will continue, but shows like yours, Ray and Ellen, give us a voice to talk and to ask yourself, you know, we, we teach a life coach certification course. And when we're training life coaches, we say, you know, here's something really crucial. You have to understand you cannot have a judgment against any of your clients whatsoever. If you want to become a master life coach, 
So if you don't like smokers and you're working with a client that's a heavy smoker and they come into your office and they're reeking of cigarette smoke, you cannot have an opinion about that. Like if you're, if you're working with someone who's on their fifth marriage, you cannot have an opinion. In other words, we train our people who want to be life coaches that, you know, you might think that it's okay right now to not like alcoholics or to not like people that have been divorced five times or to not like people who smoke or not like people who are obese. But guess what? In the world of coaching, you've got to learn how to have no judgment whatsoever because if you have a judgment against one of your clients, you're going to hurt them more than help them in your right exactly work. exactly that that makes so much sense you know like when um we really all should strive for not having or, or at least not sharing our opinions i think everyone yeah. is all too ready you know especially when i was i was speaking to a friend of mine on the phone um and i asked him how uh, his meeting went last Saturday, and he said, "Well, we had a business meeting after. And if you if you come from that environment, you know what I mean by business meeting." And he yep. said there was only there was only three people there, and uh, you know, if I didn't show up, there would have only been one. And actually, the individual that would have been the one called me twenty minutes before and asked if there was a business meeting, so they wouldn't have been there either. And and what he said was with, you know, uh, double digit years. People need to get their stuff together. And I went, well, well, well wait a minute, N- not everyone's where you are. You yeah. know what I mean? And and do you think maybe if you're vocalizing, people need to get their stuff together and start pitching in? You think maybe you're scaring them away because they, you know, so you, you really can't share your opinion in situations like that when you are a um, a power of example to that group. And and we do it all the time. We do it in life. We do it in, you know, in in our recovery environment and we also do it at the grocery store. Sure. Well, one of the things that that I found notable amongst addicts when I hear you guys talking is that you all say you felt different. You know, I didn't feel like I was like everybody else. And I think that's where the judgment comes in too. You know, you may be judging yourself in the beginning. Oh, Alan, it is. So when, when you come to that realization that you're an alcoholic or you're an addict, and I don't care if it's nicotine, food, drugs, alcohol, sex, spending, whatever, when, when you really, tr- this is before you get clean and, or, you know, code, if you're an extreme codependent like I was, I mean, I, I really hit the trifecta with multiple uh, substance addictions and one of my biggest addictions that I had no idea was uh, an addiction to codependency and intimate relationships. But when you really sit and look in the mirror and you proclaim that you are an addict or you're an alcoholic of any type, it is a real um, and, and Ray, you know this too, it's a real awakening to get that humble and to realize how you've, you know, damaged your life and damaged other people and damaged, I mean, there is a period, I think, in the beginning where we all are filled with shame and guilt. And as I tell all my clients, my goal in working with you is not just to get you recovered, but to help you become free of anything you've ever done or said in the midst of your addiction 
from the very first time you were an addict, alcoholic, uh, codependent to today. And, and in that way, we teach people how to remove all self-judgment, Ellen. One of the biggest things that you just said, when someone in recovery can speak without any emotion whatsoever about their DUIs or their divorces due to their alcoholism or their obesity due to their food addiction or their whatever it is. You know, our goal in our program is to get people to the point where we talk about the past, now they're in recovery, without judgment, self-judgment, without shame, without guilt. It's just where I was at that time in life. And when we can get clients to that space, oh my God, life is radically different. Yeah, I'm sure. And you know, there was two, two main words that you said in that, in that, uh, conversation you were just having shame and guilt not everyone can not everyone had the ability or the timestamp i had processing through that you know and and we need to make sure that we are very aware of not chasing people away or not telling like you said being judgmental of a smoker you know yeah. you, you, you we have no opinion you know one of the things is we have no opinion on outside um issues but that but on the inside we really we really shouldn't be judging people for where they are in their space because one that takes the focus off of me and two it puts it on something that I don't need to be turning into a negative. Now, if I looked at you and I said, man, every, you know, every time I wake up in the morning, uh, there's David at 403 in his, in his pool, right? And it's, and it's 26 degrees where I'm living. That, that's a little bit of jealousy going, well, I wish I was there. But if I looked down my nose and said, you know, what does he think he's doing in his pool? What does that do for me? That's taking that's that's clouding my um, intellect and, and thought process, and 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 we do, we do that all the time, you know. Like a, um, even like I said before, in the grocery store, I'm in the bread aisle and I buy Wonder Bread, and the person next to me buys Sunbeam, and I look at them like, "What are you eating that crap for?" I mean, get over you, get over yourself, and start allowing, start allowing people to let them live their lives the way that they want to. It it, it is it, it's difficult when when we have clients that come in and they've you know relapsed ten times. I, I'm I've had clients that have relapsed while working with me, multiple clients that have relapsed. And, you know, my attitude to them all is identical, and that is, let's just get back on the horse. Welcome okay. back. Yeah. You know, like, let's, okay, so, you know, you, you did X. You said you weren't going to do X. You did it. Um, let's, let's start again. We'll just start right from the beginning. You know, there's no judgment. There's, like, you know, they, they'll feel bad. They'll be filled with their own sense of shame and guilt. They, they don't mm-hmm. need any more from me or any other counselor out there doing this kind of work, you know, we just need to be saying, okay, so there was a, a, an error made. You went backwards. Let's start going forward again. And it's that, it's that simple. Like there has never been in God, almost 30 years of doing this work with, with, with addicts, alcoholics, and all different types of people. There's never been a time where I've looked at someone and, and even internally, I've said, you know, what a goof, what a lazy, they didn't have to relapse. You know 
The only people that I struggle with are the people that will say that it's not their fault. You know, and yeah, that's, that's what we get you. into this whole thing. You know, the, 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 the addiction is caused by my genetics and it's not my fault. Now, those people, I won't say that I'll judge, but I will re-educate them. And if they don't want to be re-educated, then my program won't work because that statement that it's not my fault, I was born with these genes or I have an allergy to this and it's not my fault, that kind of victimhood, those people are going to continue to relapse, continue. And for that, I won't judge them as harshly as someone else might. I'll just say, you know, if you want to stay with that mentality, I'm not the counselor for you. And I'll just make a really plain statement, no emotion, just go, yeah, you know what, you might want to find someone who believes in that because in our program we know that isn't true. Um, so if, if you want to hold on to that stick and keep going out over the next 20 years, which many people do who have that mentality, I'm probably not the guy for you. And I'll just let them go and find someone who will listen to them, agree with them, and see how they do there. Yeah, and you know the 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 thing about that is is you know you you say you say that you especially in your profession, uh, you can't be judgmental and you can't because like look at it look at it I look at it this way a medical doctor is his patient has diabetes he's diabetic and he comes in and his sugar's through the roof or whatever and he said doc i i messed up and i and i ate half a bunt cake out in the parking lot the doctor's not going to just dismiss him and tell him you have to go he's going to have to counsel him and say you know this is what you need to do and and that's ultimately what we need to do as a society i mean i know you on your professional level but also us as a as a society of recovering addicts and alcoholics not to look down our nose at the people that are still struggling don't forget where you came from yeah <laughs> exactly oh it's so easy to forget it too you know once people have a number of years clean uh, there's a lot of us that then do get, you know, become very harsh critics of those that have not found that pathway yet. And and the great news is, is that there's a thousand different pathways to recovery. There isn't one. Thank God there's a million. Right. And you just got to search until you find the one that works for you. Exactly. And with that, we need to go to break. That was a very quick 15 minutes. Uh, <laughs> dial... Dial 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. We'll be back in a moment. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, we're back, and we have David Essel, master of many different things, and he's going to share right now, one, how you can get in touch with him, two, what his services are, uh, how you can get his books, if you have any upcoming uh, online classes or anything like that, David, please get it all out there so people can find out where you are. Hey, thank you, Ray and Alan. Yeah, oh, the, the website is so easy to remember. It's talkdavid.com, T-A-L-K-David.com. So just go to talkdavid.com, and there's a ton of information. Our latest number one bestseller is called Focus, Slay Your Goals. There's a great program for recovery in there, how to save marriages, relationships. Uh, We have a story about a woman that lost 245 pounds and became a bodybuilder. She was obviously a food addict. And um, in her 50s, walked on stage in Las Vegas in front of 15,000 screaming fans. One side of the stage was this huge picture of her in a wheelchair, 240 pounds overweight. And then she comes strutting out in this tiny bikini just built like a, a, a you-know-what. And so wow. you, you can get information on the, the book, Focus, Slay Your Goals. And then Ray and Ellen, for all your listeners, we have a program that we used to actually charge a subscription fee for, but now we give it away for free. And you mentioned it earlier. It's called David Essel's Daily Video Boost, and it's a free video program that you sign up at at talkdavid.com. And every morning, you're going to receive a video in your email, Monday through Friday, with tips and topics on how to keep your mind in alignment, your body, your relationships, your spirit. So you can get actually signed up for that program for free right now at talkdavid.com. Nice. Right. And how can, they, got... how can they get your books? How can they get your books? Oh, and the books are all right at talkdavid.com, too. You, you, you'll see a link to every book we have out there. Uh, from the, the very last one, which became a number one bestseller, Focus, Slay Your Goals, to the book before that, that was another number one bestseller, Positive Thinking Will Never Change Your Life, but this book will. And all of the best-selling books are right on the homepage. At I have that one. I have that one right on my desk, the Positive Thinking book. Awesome. And, and, and now, now I need to um, speak to the, to the elephant in the room, I guess. Last week, you were promoting a men's... Um, <laughs> and, and the picture that you put on Facebook, I said, oh, he's going to get crucified for this. But I, I know your heart's in the right place, and I know you, I know 
you mean you 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 show you are showing what you uh, what you offer, and um, I, I'm sure people were taken back. David had his had his shirt off and um, was was looking for lack of a better word like a Greek god, and uh, um, you know there were people underneath almost like huh. <laughs> <laughs> You know what, guys? We we re- finally we've, we've been talking about coming out with a program just for men, and we've had so many responses in the past from men that want to you know get their body in shape and their mind in shape, and and so we created this program, Peak Performance for Men. It's ten weeks long, and it's right on the homepage. You can go to, again, talkdavid.com. And so I was talking to T.J. Toriello, you know, our publicist that Ray knows quite well, and. You know, he was saying, God, you know, at 62 years of age, you could be on the cover of another fitness magazine. Now, in the 80s, I was on the cover of many fitness magazines. And, of course, you know, we're talking 30-something years ago, almost 40 years ago. And so a lot of times when people hear about, you know, that there's a, a peak performance program, um, they want to know, does the guy teaching it or the girl teaching it, do they walk their talk? So... I was challenged and I took the challenge on because I love risk taking and I have this photo and the photo is me with basically almost no clothes on, uh, the, the private parts fully covered and, and we put it out there as a way to say, Hey, listen, you know, at any age and we have a, we have a peak performance program coming out for women in 14 days, but we are saying, and we are saying this with the new one for men at any age, you can radically change your body and your mind. We know it to be true. And, you know, here's a former alcoholic, cocaine addict that at 62, I work really hard in the gym and I eat really clean. I haven't had any substances in forever. And this is the end result, you know? And so, oh, God, right. We, we had, and Ellen, we had a couple people te- trying to tear me down, you know, like oh, yeah. <laughs> with all kinds of, of nasty comments. And there was one person that I replied to, but, you know, it's funny how many people came to my defense and there was a woman out of Oklahoma, Stacy, and she wrote this and it's still up there on the wall. She wrote this very long response to someone who was being incredibly, um, which with the woman who wrote this really negative review of me was trying to shame me for my body. And that happens all the time, you know, and if you look at people who, try to tear down individuals with great bodies or a brand new Bentley or tons of jewelry. It has nothing to do with the Bentley, the jewelry or the body. The person that is trying to tear someone else down is doing it because they have zero self-confidence and zero self-esteem. Exactly. And, you know, and what this woman from uh, Stacy from Oklahoma wrote was that, you know, there in, in bodybuilding competitions, men have less clothing on than David has right now. <laughs> and so it's okay for people to wear a banana hammock on the stage and have those posted all over social media, but you're going to tear him apart for having a great body and having his shorts pulled down a little bit. So, and, and then she said, she posed the question to the woman, you know, are you insecure and jealous? Are you so ashamed of your body that you're going to try to tear someone else down who does the work to have a good body? 
and and the 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 comments made by this by Stacy were right on the mark. I didn't have to say a thing. And you know, and then we have a. I mean, we've got a lot more support than negativity. But the people that wanted to tear me down. But I also have to. You know, I understand this very well. Whether it's the amount of money someone makes, or the body, or whatever it is, it's like you know when women have. Um, plastic surgery and they have facelifts and all that, there's going to be people that are going to tear them apart. But that has nothing to do with the woman who decides to have plastic surgery or facelifts. It's everything to do with the person who's criticizing them that feels so crappy about themselves that the only way they feel powerful in life, guys, is by trying to put other people down. Mm. And what we teach in all of our courses is the more you celebrate someone else's success, the more empowered you become. And so instead of judging your neighbor who gets a brand new Jaguar or instead of judging your neighbor who decides to have plastic surgery or a coworker or something like that, if you were to really want to have a high level of self-confidence and self-esteem, you would be congratulating them on the fact that they've made enough money to afford X or that they decided to get plastic surgery for Y. But the insecure people amongst us are always looking for ways to put others down to feel better about themselves. Right. And that's, that's commonplace. And that's the sad thing, you know, and, and like you said, you know, the people who are, who are you know, giving you negative comments and replies, those are the people that need you more than anything, because <laughs> I really, I really don't think that, you know, I, I would hope that someone would call me on my trash if I ever went online and, did that to somebody if you know when i looked at it i went oh he's gonna catch some some stuff for that (laughs) but i totally got what it was that you were offering because one because because i know how you're made up and two you know what i mean i know that you really want to help people that most importantly that's what you want to do that's what you're here for you're not here to um you know just make money doing this thing. I mean, granted, we all have to eat, but you're in it, you're in it to win it for other people. And when I saw people starting to get a little like, I went, yeah, this might get ugly, but you did the right thing, but you did the right thing. You didn't comment back. You didn't feed into their negativity. And at that point, you take that, you take that sword right out of their hand. Ray, that is probably one of the greatest things that your listeners could hear that you just said. When when you look go on social media, you know, and I I never the only thing I ever do is if I see something cool, I'll hit a like sign. Um, but I I don't ever comment negatively on anyone. But if you look on social media, you know there are people that will post something politics, religion, whatever it is. And then other people will be, you know, cutting them down. And then whoever does the original post comes back with guns blazing. And every once in a while, I'll skim through. It just happened. One of my friends posted something today, and and then he was arguing and defending. I mean, the thing probably went on with 40 different comments, just him. Crazy. Some of the, you know, fighting back and forth. And I just thought, oh, my God, this is such an absolute waste of time. And maybe, you know, listeners to your show, because remember, in the world of addiction, you know, one, uh, the, the, the foundation of all addiction is a lack of confidence and a lack of self-esteem, if we want to really be honest with it. 
Um, most of us get into addictions because we feel crappy about ourselves. We've never learned how to deal with emotions in life. We've never learned how to deal with controversy without getting all fired up. We all addicts and alcoholics, whether it's, uh, you know, food or drugs or codependency. I mean, we, we bow down to peer pressure. Uh, we don't know how to handle most of life. And so a lot of us addicts and alcoholics love to get wild up about the presidency nonsense and, you know, anything in the world. We've got our two cents and we're going to let everyone know what it is. In a really great recovery program, and it's not just sobriety, you know, sobriety is 10% of recovery. Um, in a really great recovery program, we teach our clients how to have the highest amount of self-confidence and self-esteem, how to process their jealousy, their insecurities, their low confidence, their low self-esteem, not in the public eye, but through exercises that we give them. And then I think one of the most beautiful things about recovery, a real true recovery program, is people leave this infantile and immature world of putting others down. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of, lot of dry drunks and dry addicts out there that are quite obnoxious in their approach to the world, but someone who has a really powerful recovery program, Ray and Ellen, they wouldn't even mess around with, with counter, counter, countering someone else. They'll just let it go and walk away. All right. Right. There is life. There is life past the 12 steps. And a, a lot of people don't ultimately understand that. You know, it's funny. You had said something about posting and there was somebody that was bashing the president, somebody I knew that was bashing the president. And I uh, commented underneath, you know, jokingly, uh, and tomorrow he'll wake up the leader of the free world and you'll wake up in your mother's basement trolling him. <laughs> right. <laughs> So immediately, someone I don't know jumped right on that post and started getting nasty with me. And the guy that I the guy that I said that to, underneath that post said, "Hey, wait a minute, my mother has a nice cellar, right?" <laughs> so so he immediately diffused it. Yeah, and and that right there, he got he got my joke. People are people in today's world are way too willing to take everyone else's inventory just on the words we speak or the letters we type, and it's it's very we're we're in a very very sensitive place, and I think a lot more people need to focus on the things that you have to offer. I mean, because like you said, if if you're struggling with someone not wanting to be honest with themselves, then how is it you can't give them what it is that you have to offer? It's not you, you're not offering it to them. They just don't have the ability to be able to accept it. And I, I, I think, you know, in today's society, we need a hell of a lot more people like you. And, and that would make maybe our society a little less a little more accepting and a little less tense. Well, if, when I look back, you know, 20 plus years ago, um, I would have been probably one, if social media wasn't around then, thank God for me, because right. I would have been so overly sensitive, you know, in the world of addiction, we all are. And again, I want to make this clear, whether it's food addiction, nicotine, codependency, alcohol, drugs, they're all the same. You know, we are so 
overly sensitive. Um, we can't take constructive criticism. We can't stand outside of an argument. We've got to be a part of it. And if social media was around when I was in the middle of my addiction, I probably would have dug a lot of holes for myself. And we say this to all of our clients, whether we're working with them in addiction recovery or not, is that we say, you know, that old adage from our mothers, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything, is very valid. And that is one of the strengths of someone with high self-confidence, Ray and Ellen, high self-esteem, is that they don't have to get in the middle of the circus. You know, they can stand on the outside, watch the monkeys go round and round, not be triggered, and not really have to make any type of comment whatsoever. Um, and, and I think that's something that we can, I, you know, I have to struggle with this on a regular basis. On social media, I see things that I think are insane. I just take a big breath, let it roll by. There's no need to get engaged. And I think we could all benefit immensely if we could try to start looking at disengaging versus engaging. Well, I think social media itself has become an addiction for a lot of people. You know, for oh, God, me, right. it's a way to keep in touch, you know, and find out what, what people that I, I, you know, that I care about that I can't see or talk to every day are doing. But it has turned into, you know, political nastiness, all kinds of insanity. You're right. And, you know, sometimes I have to disengage from it because the things that people say and do are just so crazy. I know. And, and, you know, I I think if I look at the amount of time, and, Ray, I don't know how it is for you, but, I mean, I'm, I'm, and just say with Facebook, I might be on Facebook maybe six minutes a day, and that's to post six things. Um, and I'll go and I'll, I'll post, and if I happen to see something that's quite interesting, but most of the time I'm on for about 60 seconds and then I'm gone. Uh, and so I don't get in, you know, I, I don't see a lot, Ellen. Um, I hear people talking a lot about all the insanity on, on social media with all the different posts. I don't see a lot because I'm not on it very much. But there's a lot of clients that I've worked with over the years where we've encouraged them and helped them to take 30 days off or to take every other week off of social media. And it's made a big difference in their lives because they were getting way too hung up with people's commentary. Right. And with that, we just blew through another segment. So we're going to have to go to break. Dial 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. We'll be back in a moment. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you figured out what to attract in your life in order to make it successful? There are those who can and those who can learn. Your intensified energy gives you willpower to move the bar forward and be happy. Happy people spread their energy throughout their lives. And once they figure it out, go on to be successful at nearly everything they set their mind to. Join host Ellen Morano and her panel of guest experts and co-hosts on Generate Massive Energy for a Fulfilling Life, Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Health & Wellness. 
When a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, it's probably the most frightening thing that's ever happened to her. Friends and family often don't know what to do for support, not to mention the patient herself. That's where Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio comes in. Join Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin, breast cancer survivors and advocates. They help by providing inspiration, information, and most of all, hope. Tune in Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We got the power to change the world. Is your health where you think it should be? If you're like most people, the answer is probably not. Where can you get the answers you need to get on the right track? The answers start on Occupy Health. Each week, host Dr. Susan Downs and her guest experts will answer your questions as well as prepare you for questions you'll want to ask your health provider. You'll want to plan for your optimal health with Occupy Health. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. And we're back. Man, we're burning up some time here. David, with uh, do you have any books that are in the in the making? I, I love the idea of how you make books, how it's talk to text. I just to just to share with you, and I, and I guess that must be an art form in itself. I right now I'm awaiting um, cataract surgery, so out of my right eye I see double when I'm reading or typing or anything like that. So I'm seeing kind of three images. So. We had a, I had a report that I needed to uh, write. So I said, oh, I'm going to do it the David Essel way. <laughs> so I, I typed it, I talked it into an email, and yep. I looked and it didn't look like there were any misspellings or anything because there were no, no red lines underneath it. Now, and autocorrect fixes it anyway. And I hit send. And... Three or four minutes later, all I got back, I got a text that said, seriously? (laughs) (laughs) I said, what? I have not had that much luck with talk to text. I called him on the phone and I called him on the phone and said, what? He said, what was that? I said, well, I spoke it instead of typed it. And I guess when you speak, you're... Uh, it, it comes out a little different than when you're typing, I think. And and I guess I still have to work on the art form of talk to text. Well, one of the things, Ray, is that the autocorrect, at least on my phone, does not work with talk to email or talk to text. Um, at least on my phone. So what you have to do, what I have to do is I have to go through every word and make sure that what Siri heard was what I was saying because a lot of times I'll, I'll say something about money and all of a sudden it says honey. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now that's not working. But, but I'm glad that you're able to see that as a good resource. And the only thing you'll probably have to do, my guess would be, would just be to do a double check um, with your spelling and all that before you send it again. 
Well, I'll get my eye fixed, one of the two. Yeah, well, that, that'll work, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, next Tuesday I'm getting that done. So, But, but oh, do, you I, have any, do you have any books in the making? Yeah, we've got a brand new one coming out uh, in late January, and it's a novel. It's, it's called Angel on a Surfboard. And what we're doing is we wrote this book. We actually published it the first time about five years ago. Yeah, I but, saw that. But, yeah, yeah. And, and when we did it, though, I was in the midst of a, of a big tour, and we, we didn't give it any promotion whatsoever. So TJ and Lee St. John, Lee St. John is my, my book marketing expert, she pulls the book out and she says, David, you know, I wasn't working with you five years ago when you released it. This book is absolutely amazing. And I think I want you to add, uh, you know, this and this and this to it, and let's get it out there. The book's going to be a little longer, but it's time to re-release it. So we just finished it yesterday. It's going to nice. come out in, uh, in you know, late January, but it's called Angel on a Surfboard, Lessons About True Love from a Divine Messenger. And it's a novel, and, it's, and the, the star character, his name is Sandy Tavish, and he goes to the Hawaiian Islands for three weeks of vacation, and he decides while he's out there he's going to start writing some newspaper columns and doing some other things. And, and what unfolds is probably the craziest book on love and relationships, guys, that you could ever read. It's, it's really funny. It's extremely fast-moving. And at the very end, there's these six major components of love that Sandy learns by this guy who's a retired surfer who happens to be much more spiritual than physical in nature, we find out in the end. And, uh, and anyway, it's, it's a great ride. Sandy gets involved with several different women, that, and it was all set up by this spiritual messenger to teach him the lessons that need to be learned by everyone regarding love. And, cool. and as we write in the book, and this is a shocking statistic, but about 80% of relationships in the United States are unhealthy. 80%. About 20% of relationships in the U.S. are healthy relationships. And I'm talking about intimate relationships. And 80% are either filled with addiction, codependency, <clears throat> um, fantasy. You know, they're not grounded in, in what true love is. So, the whole message of the book is to say we've got to start over in this world of relationships, and here's the six most important things that we all need to learn if we're going to change that statistic and have 80% healthy relationships in the future versus the 20% we have today. And what is the number one most important thing? I'm curious. You know, oh, Ellen, it's a great question, and this is something that people are going to shake their head at when they hear it. You cannot be in a healthy love relationship if you do not love yourself extremely deeply. And someone who is filled with self-love is free of all addictions because if you have an addiction or a dependency of any type whatsoever, you're already kicked out of the self-love category the way we treat our body as a temple or we don't treat it. Um, you know, there can't be codependent nature. Um, someone who's filled with self-love would never be codependent because they see how damaging that is. And we explain in the book what it means to be emotionally available or emotionally unavailable. 
and people who are codependent are emotionally unavailable. Um, but, you know, the, the, the number one thing is how do you evaluate if you truly love yourself? Because, you know, through books and radio shows and podcasts, you know, we have this huge delusion. All these people walking around, and if you were to ask them on the street, do you love themselves, probably 90% of our country would say yes. But 70% of the U.S. population is obese or very overweight, and so 70% right away are not filled with self-love. So it's, it's the trickiest thing to do. It's the only way to begin. And it's a difficult space to be in. And truly, when I say, you know, when I say we love ourselves, it means that we respect ourselves, that we don't do things that are damaging. You know, we don't stay in relationships that are unhealthy without either making a massive attempt to save it or getting the hell out of it. And then we go back to the whole addiction thing. You know, I don't, you, you may be a great person, but if, if you have any addiction or dependency you're struggling with, there is not self-love there. Hmm. So, but, and we got a lot of work to do, you know? I mean, we really do. We, we, and part of it too is that, you know, because of, you know, soulmate books and movies and romance novels, we have this really bizarre uh, expectation about, you know, what love is supposed to be. And it's all fantasy. I mean, from little boys and girls reading stories and, and fairy tales about the, the, the white knight and the princess. I mean, so much of it is just absolute garbage. Uh, and people are waiting to be rescued and saved. And, you know, men are out there trying to save all these women. And some women are out there trying to save men. And we're looking for that perfect person that, you know, fits all of your soulmate criteria with money and body and blah, blah, blah. And it's a bunch of crap. So, you know, <laughs> with, with the book, it, it, it is. It's all a bunch of crap. I mean, when you lay it out like when you lay it out like that, it makes perfect sense, you know, that yeah. we are all living in a cartoon world when it comes to that. Oh, God, it's so true. And, you know, what we say in the book is that the only time someone is truly ready to date, well, they have to be filled with self-love, number one, but the second step to know that you're even somewhat ready to be in a relationship is when you don't need one. Right. Yeah. You know, where, where, where that your life is so filled with joy and, you know, you, you, maybe you go to the movies on your own and maybe you go out to dinner by yourself and, you know, maybe you volunteer once a month for a couple hours somewhere and you've got hobbies and, you know, like you're so freaking happy that you're not needy or lonely. And we state that throughout the whole book. You know, people who are sitting here going, oh, if I, only I had a man, if only I had a, a woman, you know, blah, blah, blah. Those people are not ready to be in love. They're not ready to be in a relationship. So there's, you know, we, we teach a course on codependency. It's called Codependency Kills. It's a 10-week course. Every person that goes into it obviously comes to me because they've seen our YouTube videos on codependency and they realize that they're in unhealthy relationships or they have been in the past. And our greatest recent success stories, a guy that I ended up working with for nine months, and when I first started working with him, and, you know, codependency is an addiction, he was on seven dating sites, right? And he could never spend a Friday or a Saturday night alone. He had to have a date. So he realized 
you know, intuitively that there was something really wrong with him and he was so needy and always lonely and he made good money and blah, you know. So he starts doing the work and, and, uh, and about the third week I said to him, how many of those data sites are you on? And he said seven. I go, all right, so here's your homework for next week. Get off of all seven dating sites and don't date until the program's over. And, huh. you know, he lost it. He literally, he said, what? He goes, you know, the purpose of life is to be in love and why am I taking a course with you when you're going to rip away the purpose of life? The only reason we're on earth is to have a partner and see guys, and, and we don't have seven hours for me to prove this on the show tonight, but that's all a bunch of crap. The purpose of life is not to have a partner. The purpose of life is to find yourself, to be happy on your own, and then anything that comes after that is bonus. And we go through painstakingly in this codependency course and teach people why what I just said is true. Well, I just, he ended up continuing to extend the work with me because he was blown away what was happening. And we just finished last Monday, a nine month straight, every week for nine months. He is a radically changed man. I mean, probably one of the greatest success stories in the world of addiction recovery that we have is this guy that was so needy and so lonely. And last week when I was done, he had just finished, I think it was two months of no dating, um, going to dinner by himself, going fishing in his boat by himself, doing all this stuff on his own. And he is having a blast. He doesn't need a partner anymore. And I told him that when you don't need a partner, that's probably a good time to start dating. <laughs> right, you know, you, I I guess that makes sense, you know, in the in the um in the because you you get he got he got to pull back in and realize that he was focusing on something other than his real needs. I mean, right? That that's exactly it. Like, you know, and and I said to him, if you were to say to a girl, um and she says to you, "Well, yeah, I'll go out with you Friday." You know, why is it that you're on seven dating sites? Like, have you told any of the girls that you go out on dates with you're on seven sites? He goes, never. I said, really? Why wouldn't you tell them? He said, because they wouldn't want to go out with me. And I said, why? He goes, because that would be someone who'd be really needy. Huh. <laughs> and I said, well, are you that needy? And all of a sudden he stopped. He said, man, I guess I am. Well, and, we only have... So yeah, go ahead. We only ha- we only have like two minutes left, so I want you to uh, let people know how they can get in touch with you again, so they can maybe work through what it was that you were just sharing. Because miraculously, we hear what we need to hear when we're not listening. So let people know how they can get in touch with you. We'll say good night, and hopefully, your phone rings. Uh, Ray Allen, that is so sweet. Yeah, just go to our website. Talk. David.com, T-A-L-K, David, talkdavid.com, and you will find all of our books there, Focus, Slay Your Goals, the brand new number one sellers there. You can join up for the free five-day-a-week David Essel's Daily Video Boost video program. Every Monday through Friday, you'll get a video early in the morning sent to you. You can watch it anytime you want, but it comes early. And that's uh, all at talkdavid.com. Definitely sign up for the Daily Boost because... That's where you're going to get an uplifting message every day with action steps that will help you change your life, regardless of what you want to change. We will cover it at some point in the free Daily Boost program. Awesome. 
Thank you for being on the show tonight, David. And I wish we had about three more hours to talk to you. And with that, Ellen? With miracles in recovery, hope is in your corner. Good night, everyone. Thank you for joining us this week for Miracles in Recovery. Be sure to listen again for another edition with your host, Ray Lynch, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great week. Hope is in your corner.